Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. This is Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. And today is Thursday, the 3rd of June. And today, my friend, uh, the author, the most extraordinary book now that I know out on Christianity, where we are, David Fiorazzo is on the show with me today. He has a brand new book out called Canceling Christianity, How the Left Silences Churches, Dismantles the Constitution, and divides our culture. This is going to be a powerful interview. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today, you guys. I am right now headed to the ICHE conference just about an hour south of Chicago. This is going to be a great weekend, you guys. I hope that you will come out and just be encouraged. My family is there. And as many of you know, we are out traveling in the bus for this particular part of my speaking season. So we really want to come out and uh, meet you and hear what's going on. And just uh, this is a great opportunity. So don't forget to check it out, ICHE.com. I'll link back to it in the show notes today for the rest of my schedule. And it's a little on the crazy side. You guys can find it at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. All right, without further ado, I want to introduce my friend to you. David Fiorazzo has been uh, on the show with me before. He is an author and associate pastor, and he's the host of one of my favorite radio shows, Stand Up for the Truth. David has been involved in the broadcasting industry for over 30 years and in Christian ministry for 25 years. And uh, he sent me this book, and I have not been able to put it down. I told him, I said, I'm taking that thing on a plane. And I've highlighted this thing, earmarked it. It's fantastic. Uh, David, my friend, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Heidi. Great to speak with you again. It's wonderful for me to be able just to to, uh, rub shoulders with you a little bit because you're out on the front lines of this thing and we're, we're in a war. And boy, I'll tell you, if people don't think we're in a war, they're not paying attention. I know. And especially, I know you've been censored and that's one of the big issues today. It's what it is, is communist policy, which I get into in the book. But I want to thank you before we do anything else. You were one of the people that was kind enough to endorse the book. So thank you. God bless you. You even made the back cover, Heidi. So <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. Actually, that was the first thing that my husband said. He was like, check it out, babe. You made the back cover of David's new book. <laughs> <laughs> well, bless both of us then. Well, I I was very, very honored to be able to endorse it because it really is telling the truth about what is happening to the church. And I don't know if you're watching the headlines right now out of Nova Scotia and out of Ontario, Canada, but they are crippling the church here in, in Canada. And that is coming to the United States. People need to wake up. Yes, my wife is from Toronto, and she hasn't been able to get back to see her family for well over a year and a half because of the restrictions, because of the border policy, because of the quarantine um, rules they have in place. But yeah, there's, I think, three plus pastors in different places have been arrested. Their churches have been severely restricted, not unlike Southern California or California as a whole. But thank God, uh, by the way, that case was won a couple of weeks ago or a week or so ago, that now they cannot do that anymore in California. That's going to set a precedent for the rest of the nation. And fortunately, Heidi, we don't know what's going to happen with Donald Trump's Supreme Court picks and his judicial appointments. But what we do know is a lot of these cases are winding up on the side of religious freedom, thank 
God. So that's kind of a good thing. There's a little light there in so much darkness with this, uh, the censorship and everything coming against Christians today. Yeah. Well, as you and I both know, it takes a lot of uh, time and energy to, and desire and passion to write a book. And you've written, uh, this is a pretty, this is a meaty book. And, uh, and it's full of all kinds of information, but it's also, I feel like it's a handbook for war, really, for where we are right now. Why did you decide, uh, with all the other things you've got going on, why did you decide to write Canceling Christianity? I think the biggest thing is what was happening last year. And I can sum up the whole year, but particularly last summer. But I want to believe, first and foremost, it was God, you know, as a believer, concerned about the country, concerned about the lack of Christian voice in the public square, the salt and light. I want to believe that just that spirit of a watchman sensing the need to sound the alarm to the church in America to wake up, to warn as many people as possible. Um, and also as a concerned citizen, we are citizens of heaven first, and we are citizens of America a second. We have responsibilities here while we are, and, and God has us here for such a time as this. A lot of people are feeling overwhelmed. I looked at that and said, you know what? We've got to push through this. We've got to believe in the God who raised Jesus from the dead. And if I'm not mistaken, we have the same Holy Spirit in every one of us as believers. That's got to count for something. So, uh, you know, we're talking about Facebook, you know, censoring me and everything, but God is bigger than Facebook. God is bigger than the Rona. God is bigger than vaccine. God is bigger than health issues and censorship and everything else. But we kind of forget that sometimes. So also the, the, the fact that the left has practically hijacked the country. I mean, they have control over either, either control. Some people don't like when I use the word control. They have massive, overwhelming influence over every major institution in America. Um, so seeing these things that I never thought would happen in my lifetime, very prophetic, mind you, very biblically prophetic. But last year, Heidi, three of the catalysts that came together, and I read about this throughout the book, are the coronavirus the Black Lives Matter riots and vandalism and lawlessness that was allowed in our country. So in other words, the Constitution wasn't the law of the land. They were just letting them riot and people were murdered on the streets. Literally, dozens of people were murdered. And also, of course, the, the divide, the political divide and the angst of the last four and a half years that led up to the election of 2020. What I saw disappointed me. That is the church generally, Christians, not responding to this in faith, these things, not responding to these crises with the power of God and with the voice of truth. They were backing down, being silent, and Heidi, worse, some of them locked arms with the left. A lot of them didn't research the global network of Black Lives Matter that's funded by the left that is anti-Christian, anti-family, and no Marxist-driven. A lot of people didn't even research this, and they're marching with them. Uh, and so this really disappointed me. So I, you know, I know people need to be informed about this. So I thought, I've got to start writing. I did some blogging. I thought, this isn't enough because it, it extended, as you know, throughout the summer last year. And then uh, the rest of the chaos just extended through the rest of the year. So that's like the, the summed up version, the condensed version of why I thought I've got to write about these things from a biblical perspective and kind of sound the alarm and try to get people to either wake up or join the fight. 
Yeah. And honestly, this is not a time for ordinary people anymore. And I consider myself one of those ordinary people to sit this thing out. This is our nation and we are on the brink of collapse. And I have said for many, many times, now, I do not believe that our republic can survive even five more years of what can only be described as a hostile takeover. Because most people that I talk to, they don't want this. They don't want riots in our streets. They don't want the leftist indoctrination. But you were really very clear. I mean, right in the in the title of the book, you called out the left. Uh, that's pretty that's pretty bold, dude. Uh, why why did you? I mean, why did you poke the bear in the book in the book subtitle? <laughs> you're gonna appreciate this as an author yourself. Um, you're gonna appreciate this. The first, you're you're gonna laugh. It's the truth. The left. Now, obviously, they disrespect the Constitution, and they're trying to silence Christians. I put silence churches, and of course, they're dividing our culture on purpose. So that's true, but the the simple fact is also that in past books that I've done, I would get leftists and progressives and people that, that are atheists or whatever pick up the book or not even read it. Some people would comment on Amazon or leave a horrible review and they didn't even read the book, I could tell by what they said. They just didn't like what it stood for. So I tried to put left in there because, hey, if, if you're, uh, as, you know, if you're already, if your mind is made up, which most of them already are, because this coalition on the left, I want to clarify something. The left has changed. There are a lot of different definitions for that, but that now includes some Democrats, liberals, socialists, secular progressives, atheists, actual communists as well. They're all part of what one might consider the left now in America. And this is sad, but unfortunate. They not only disagree with us, they now want us to be silenced or even canceled. But I I don't want them to read the book. I don't. Because most of them, I want them to hear the gospel. I want them to be saved. But I have a feeling that they've already heard it and rejected the truth by their actions and by what they're doing. It's clear that they've rejected the truth. And at one point, do Christians say, all right, politics or church or the public square, at what point do we wipe the dust off of our sandals, off of our tennis shoes, off of our dress shoes and move on after hopefully we've said Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. Is it exclusive? Yes. But what if it's true? Okay, I believe it's true and so do you. Now, if you receive that, you can be in eternity with him and you don't have to worry about all this other stuff. But right now, I think too many people have just rejected that. They've got their minds made up. So here's the challenge to Christians. Are we going to try to you know, be friends with the left? Are we going to try to compromise? Are we going to try to just, you know, uh, give them the benefit of the doubt? Heidi, I think those days are done. So I had to put that right on the front cover. So the left is doing this. Now the left, let's be clear as Christians, our biblical worldview, we understand the spiritual warfare involved. It is demonic. The platform of the Democrat Party is demonic. They're not, they're not all demons. They're not all you know, atheists or they're not all God-haters. But the platform itself, these principles, these policies that the left is promoting, they're antichrist. This, there's an antichrist spirit of the age. And that is what's driving a lot of people that we might say, okay, these groups make up the left. So that's why I tried to put that right in the title so they know what we're talking about. 
Hey, you guys, you have probably heard by now that I am running for the United States House of Representatives to represent District 3 in Washington State. And I wanted to let you know that there are a couple ways that you can help us. First of all, follow me on all of my campaign social media platforms. You can find Heidi St. John for Congress at Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram. And of course, sign up to get on the mailing list at Heidi St. John for Congress. We are up against a very big second quarter fundraising deadline right now. And we need you to donate to the campaign. Every little bit helps. And so you guys have heard me say before, it takes a lot of money to run a campaign like this. And there's some very important things coming up. If you go to the website, HeidiStJohnForCongress.com, you can find out exactly how to donate. And I would so appreciate that. Also, you can volunteer. And we need volunteers from all over the country. We need prayer volunteers. And you can sign up to be on our prayer team at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. You can complete the volunteer form there and you can join my fight for the soul of America. Again, you guys, that website is HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. Well, and I think it's important that you're that you're calling it out because the truth of the matter is most of the issues that we are dealing with, and this is true absolutely in our government, this is why I decided to run for Congress and give up what is, you know, a pretty decent career and a good thing I got going on here to say our nation is worth fighting for. Most of the issues that we are dealing with right now are moral in nature. The root is moral, which is why the church must engage. And you and I have talked about this, you know, many times with at your, at your, uh, broadcast at Stand Up For The Truth and here on the show, have just said the church cannot sit this stuff out anymore. They, they've got to get involved because the truth of the matter is we're running out of time. And you you talked about this. You cited Revelation 3 in the book's introduction, and you said the same thing. You said, uh, we're running out of time. When you think about what the message needs to be for the church right now, the dire warning for the church, which really, we can talk about this in a second, but we failed the Rona test. I mean, really, we, we fell flat. I mean, if I'm going to give the church, you know, it, it's either an A, you know, A all the way to F, they get a big fat F. We flunked, we failed. And I think it's the warm up for the next thing that's coming. Now we're talking about vaccine passports and all of it. But what, when you think of the, of the message that the church needs right now, in light of Revelation 3, what's, what's the message that you wrote about in the book? Well, first of all, engage. And I do want to say you mentioned chapter four, which the question is, did the church pass the COVID test? And I mentioned Romans 13 and how some people took that as unlimited submission to a godless government. So anyway, I read about that. But yeah, Revelation 3, just let me share. It says, wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you have received and heard keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. And he's writing to the church. This is a message to believers telling them to wake up and repent. Do you think that after we've seen in the last several decades, our our country go down, decline morally and spiritually, do you think that Jesus would be any less direct or harsh with his words in a rebuke of America. And I think you and I would both agree uh, he would might even be even more harsh than he is here. But so the, the message is wake up, understand the times. We've got to be discerning. We've got to know, first of all, again, we were here, we are here because God has a plan for each one of us. And it's not to have a wonderful life and kick back and just sip a, sip a soda on a lawn chair and have our best life now. That is so selfish. That is not 
That is American Christianity. That is not biblical Christianity. There is a price. There is a cost always. And, and read through the, all the examples in Scripture about people who have been martyred, people who, are, who made Hebrews chapter 11. All the, Jesus warned, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. But it's a badge of honor. But we kind of back down. So the message really is, some are awakened. Now, I trust a lot of people in your audience. I'm guessing, same with my podcast audience. It's kind of like preaching to the choir. They're awake. But now what do they do? Because these are the people you and I generally talk to in these formats. So what do they do? Well, you've got to recruit. <laughs> we are here to recruit. We need to get the body of Christ awakened. And that's a tall order when the pastors and church leaders are not even doing that. And there's some encouragement, but there's also some rebukes and some challenges for pastors and church leaders in the book as well. But just from what the tone of Revelation 2 and 3, you know, most of those churches, um, they may have started off well and, and, and enthusiastic and on fire and passionate. They may have been out preaching the gospel, but most of those churches were rebuked and warned harshly by Jesus. And here we are in America. We, obviously, we've taken uh, our blessings for granted, our freedoms for granted. Obviously, we were a Christian nation. And I, I, when I use the word United States anymore, I always put quotes under around united because you know that we are the divided church and states of America. And so as Christians that are listening right now, what can you do? It starts at home with your personal strengthening of your faith in the word of God every day, the living word of God that's sharper than a two-edged sword. Second, it's your family, ministering to your family, make making sure they are equipped and ready because a lot of pastors are not equipping the saints today, Heidi. That's one of the biggest e emails I get from people asking, where can I find a biblical church that's not afraid to touch on these uh, moral and political issues, that's not afraid to preach the whole counsel of God and equip the saints for ministry? And we're not finding that. So my challenge is you start with your family, then you go out in your sphere of influence. Don't worry about the world, but go out in your sphere of influence, one relationship, one friend and one person at a time. We need to recruit. I call them the remnant of true believers because there are way too many false converts sitting right in our churches today. Mm. It's true. And when you say, you know, you got to find a church that's preaching the whole counsel of God, it's getting harder. I mean, it's harder and harder and harder. A couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast, just, you know, me just, you know, doing a little monologue over here. But I said, the woke church is a broke church. And we are paying a terrible price right now for Americanizing Christianity and your your reference to uh, Joel Osteen's best life now and all this that we we really have sunk into this kind of comatose Christianity where we're we're very concerned about our own comfort and our own deal and all around us the world is sinking farther and farther into darkness but Jesus said we're the light of the world and so you wouldn't want a, a, a light that's hidden isn't going to be able to light anything up and we've been hiding our light hiding our light and you talked about this a little bit because you talked about the historic impact of Christianity in chapter three and after that it seems kind of amazing 
that today, and we see this in our churches, people are still saying, oh, separation of church and state. They want to eradicate God and with it, the light that comes from Jesus Christ out of the American culture. And I believe like you do, what the Bible teaches, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And as we have squelched the spirit, we are losing our freedom. What do you, how do you explain uh, the eradication from Christians, from the culture? Oh, my goodness. Um, it's got to be a deluded mind, a depraved mind. It's got to be deception. So that's the spiritual part of this. The spiritual part comes into play again because pure evil is manifesting in the natural realm. And I think most of your audience recognize that. And there are times where we need to straight talk and stop worrying about offending people. Jesus Christ flipped this world right side up. His impact spreads through his followers today. We are the salt and light, as you alluded to. I think I already mentioned it as well. But the forces of darkness hate the light and anything that comes with that. And that's where you and I come in. Any evidence of Christ, and this is where they're at. Some of them don't even know they're doing it. Any evidence of Christ, light that shines on the darkness, any reminders, they must be eradicated. Francis Schaeffer said, We are locked in a life and death conflict between the spiritual hosts of wickedness and those who name the name of Christ. I love that picture because we are locked in a battle. And this is not a friendly gentleman's discussion. This is warfare. But I think I mentioned uh, later in the book, maybe in the conclusion, that too many believers in America today have been seduced by this ease and this leisure and this entertainment driven culture that we believe we're on a cruise ship, but the truth is we are on a battleship. So Heidi, what does it look like when a majority of your army doesn't even know you're in a fight? That's America. And that's the church in America, I should say. I, when I say America, that, then I've got to bring the conservatives and independents and others who don't subscribe to the communist left, the secular progressive, the social justice apostasy that's taken over too many churches. So as far as Christians go, there's too many that really don't recognize the battle. They're, they're doing their best. I want to give them the, the benefit of the doubt. You know, they're taking care of their family. They're trying to use their time right, but they don't recognize the warfare. And because you and I have been fighting these battles for so many years, years, we're kind of going, can I get a little help here? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah. You, we feel that way. And, and I think, you know, it's for somebody like me, and I know you feel the same way. I, I love this country and I, I feel privileged. I feel privileged beyond belief to have grown up here, to have experienced the kind of freedom that we have. And I want to pass that freedom on to my children and to my grandchildren. And I already have three grandkids. And I'm telling you what, they're not going to recognize this country if it continues going the way that it's going. But it's because in America, and frankly, you can blame this on the church, we have been believing a lie. And we've been doing this now for generations. And you call it out in chapter two of your book. You called it the second biggest lie in America. So uh, what is the second biggest lie? 
The separation of church and state. Oh my goodness. You've, I know you've talked about this for so long. I've written about this for so many years. We talk about it. In fact, in the last year and a half, uh, this is one of the main topics. I think people really want to hear about this because they want to know how they can get out and help in the culture or in their own church to, to dispel that lie. Too many Americans hiding and a large number of Christians for some, they've been convinced we should be silent. And as you say, stay on the bench, <laughs> stay out of politics, stay out of quote, controversial issues. Well, what good is that going to do? Uh, this is something that's startling. And I think in that chapter, Barna research shows that a really high number of pastors admit that the Bible addresses every aspect of life, including all the you know social issues, abortion, marriage, socialism, other things. And yet only around 10% of them say they are willing to speak out about social and controversial issues from the pulpit. Let me ask you this. If they're not doing it on a Sunday morning, how do they expect the people they lead and shepherd and are commanded and instructed to equip, where are they going to get it? So people will follow their leaders, Heidi. And this is one of the sad things about America. I also touch in that chapter about the Johnson Amendment. What is that? Well, that was in 1954. Lyndon Johnson was a liberal senator in Texas. He was he he was being um, uh, some communist groups, anti-communist groups, and conservative groups were speaking out against him when he was running for re-election. He wanted to find a way to silence them. He checked with the IRS what they were doing was legal. So he slipped an amendment in a massive tax code overhaul bill that was barely debated on the Senate floor in Texas that slipped through, and that's the Johnson Amendment, that people could not speak out about uh, political issues on campaigns or about candidates. And they made this thing to be a big wall of separation. It's not even in our constitution. And it's a lie. The only thing to this day, just to clarify, the only thing that a pastor or a church cannot do is donate church money to a political campaign. And first of all, I think the pastor can say anything he or he wants from the pulpit. But the, the other thing they can't do is endorse a candidate from the pulpit. They can step down after church, say whatever they want, do it on their personal page, do it on their own time, just from the pulpit. But it doesn't, you know what? We've had these um, pulpit freedom Sundays for the last many years where pastors are preaching political sermons, challenging the IRS. Well, the IRS has never taken that up. So to my knowledge, no one's ever lost a 501c3. And so this comes back to the separation of church and state with this with this erroneous idea that we are supposed to stay out of politics, government, the public square, and everything that's happening now. Can you imagine? So anyway, that's a big lie, and we're seeing the fruit of it, and it's rotten fruit, and we've got to get back to speaking and living and being the disciples of Christ that we're called to be in this context in America. Wow. I hope you guys are enjoying this conversation with David Fiorazzo. He is full of fire. And uh, his book is excellent. I'm going to encourage you to pick it up. You can find it anywhere books are sold. David Fiorazzo's book, Canceling Christianity, How the Left Silences Churches, Dismantles the Constitution, and Divides Our Culture. It's such an important read. We need to understand what's going on so that we can engage in the fight for faith and freedom. I'm going to come back tomorrow and pick up the conversation. In the meantime, love your families well, and I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. 
For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.